Welcome back, Rabbi Ephraim, and thank you again for blowing the shofar. I need a bit more practice, but we're getting there. You mentioned in the previous podcast that Rosh Hashanah is the time for New Year resolution and the time to reinvent ourselves. So why is it that Yom Kippur comes after Rosh Hashanah and not the other way round? Wouldn't it be better to atone first and then to have time to reinvent ourselves? That is a great question. Uh, I think to answer that, uh, I can take inspiration from uh, my grandmother's personal story. She was sent off away from Germany from her hometown in Schwalmstadt in 1938. Her father had just been released from Dachau, and it was shortly after Kristallnacht, and they sent her off on the Kindertransport. The best thing they ever did, because suddenly they were, her parents were never seen again, they were sent to Auschwitz. But before they sent her off, and, and the last time she ever spoke to her parents, she was a nine-year-old girl, her mother said to her, go, start a new life, don't look back. And that's what the message she had from her mother. And she did exactly that. She came as a nine-year-old girl. Um, she was fostered by a distant cousin uh, and eventually found a job. I mem- met my grandfather. And as they say, the rest is history. She's now a matriarch of many, many of a, of a large family. And it's only really recently that she started talking about her past. And I've, you've seen, many of us will have seen this with many Holocausts, with Holocaust survivors who have done incredible things and gone on to build successful businesses, uh, gain MBEs, build families, become legends. And it's only really the past 20, 30 years when a lot of them have begun to talk about it because when they came out from some of them, literally the deepest depths of hell, they just wanted to reinvent themselves and start afresh. Once they'd established themselves, established their families, established their place in the community, established the life they wanted to build for themselves, only then did they feel right now is a good time to look back and share so that the world doesn't forget what happened. And I think we can learn from that, I think, is a similar idea to this. Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the year. So we don't want to start off the first day of the year banging our chest and say, oh, we've done this and we've done that. No. That was the time on the first day, let's start anew. Let's reinvent ourselves, let's take on this resolution, like I said in the previous podcast, something realistic. Ten days later, now, okay, we're already into the new year, it's ten days, now we can look back. And there's no shortage of things to look back on. The, the, in the liturgy, there's a whole list of stuff. In, in order, the other place, yep, done that, done that, done that. All right. And, you know, and we have to think personally, if, you know, we've done this and we atone for that as well. So I think that's why we do Rosh Hashanah first. Great question, by the way. First, we want to get on the right track, start the new, start the year the way we want to finish the year, have a good year. And then once we're into it, okay, we messed up a bit last year on this. Didn't do this how we should have. I did that, that I shouldn't have, etc. So is guilt a good thing? <laughs> you know, the... Um, the old Jewish adage, if, if a Jewish mother isn't feeling guilty, she'll feel guilty that she's not feeling guilty. Right, guilt, we're, we're built on guilt a lot. And I think it's a good thing. Not shame, shame is something else. Shame 
is where we just feel useless and unworthy and it causes low self-esteem and then we're just not going to do anything about it. Guilt is usually when it's something specific that I've done something, shouldn't have done, and I feel guilty about it. And I, we've all experienced this, I've had this myself, where, you know, I've said something to somebody and as soon as I've said it, I thought, oh, did I just say that out loud? And I feel really guilty. But because I feel guilty, that gives me the opportunity to make amends and to apologise, explain myself and become a better person and make other people better as well. So I think guilt is a good thing in moderation, right? We're not terrible people, but in moderation, guilt can be the drive to become better people. And do you actually have to believe in God to come on Yom Kippur? You don't have to, but it helps. <laughs> um, I once met someone in the street. I said, well, I've not seen you in shul for a while. He says, well, I can't come to shul. I don't believe in God. I said, I wasn't asking you to believe in God. I was asking you to come to shul. So I'll tell you something interesting. Um, if, if you were stand outside the church, let's say it's Christmas Eve, and uh, they've just finished midnight mass, and you see some members of the congregation coming out, and you go up to one of them and you say, yeah, excuse me, do you mind me asking you, uh, are you a Christian? And I'll say, well, yeah, of course, I've just come out from midnight mass on Christmas Eve, so yes, I'm a Christian. Do you believe in God? Well, I do, yes, I've just been to pray to my God at the church. Okay, fair enough question, fair enough answer. If you go to stand outside a mosque during Ramadan and you say to one of the members of the congregation, do you mind asking you, are you a Muslim? He says, yes, I'm a proud member of the Islamic faith. You ask him, do you believe in God? Of course I do, and I'm practicing Ramadan, and I'm praying, and I'm fasting, and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Very good. If you go to a shul on Yom Kippur, and you would say to someone, are you Jewish? And most people say, yeah, I'm very, very proud Jew. Do you believe in God? Then you'll get a whole array of answers, well, it depends what you mean by God, and my great, great uncle on my mother's side was quite from, and uh, well, you'll never get a straight answer. Well, you might. But if you, then you'll say to them, well, if you don't believe in God, what are you doing in shul? And they'll say, what do you mean? It's Yom Kippur. Right? That's what Jewish people do on Yom Kippur, because even if you don't believe that you believe, I believe that you do believe. There's something deep down in every single Jewish soul and every Jewish heart that will believe there is a higher power, there's a God, and we need to connect with that God and also to connect with ourselves and to connect with the community as well. And I've often said that you know, even if you're not religious and don't believe in God, coming to shul, the benefits of coming to shul is you're part of a community. Yeah, I find it so sad. In the past year, there's been several funerals that I've had to officiate at. And there was one time I had to call out, and was short for six for a minion. And I thought, how sad that someone who's lived for many, many years didn't even know 10 people to attend their funeral. Now, I've been to other funerals where it's absolutely packed out. And I don't know if the deceased was a believer or not, but... They were a regular member of, of a shul, not necessarily this shul, but they would come regularly. They were part of the community. People cared about them. They cared about others. Coming to shul makes you part of a community, part of something bigger. But of course, it's based on a belief in Hashem. 
the more you come, the more likely it is that you'll have the opportunity to learn about Hashem and to build a relationship with Hashem. And I, I realize the concept of a relationship with Hashem can sound very foreign to people. But come and learn and find out. Well, thank you. And I know that we both look forward to seeing as many people as possible on Yom Kippur in Whitefield Shul. Thank you, Rabbi Ephraim.